the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Today we are continuing our coverage of the winners at the New Zealand High Tech Awards 2023. This episode, we are talking to Bex Rempel, who is the co-founder and chief executive at ZeroJet, who have just won the High Tech Startup Company of the Year. But before we jump in, a big thank you to our show partners, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, and Guerrilla Technology. Let's jump in. Uh, congratulations, Bex. This is uh, this is great recognition. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, we're um, super stoked. It's our first time entering the awards, uh, and so yeah, very proud um, to have taken out Startup Company of the Year. Let's start by delving in a little bit to what it is you do. You've been beavering away with your your team over a number of years now. Uh, you know, you've you've raised uh, raised funds and and just you know been building things up. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of people that uh, don't don't really know uh, about you, or maybe this is the first time they've heard about you. So yeah, maybe you can just give a, a little bit of an overview, you know, of what you what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve, which sounds like it's going well, and uh, and then maybe we can delve into some of the background of how you came to get get started uh, after that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, at ZeroJet, we design and manufacture electric jet propulsion systems for boats. Um, so in short, it's it's a it's a plug and play EV powertrain, uh, so that boat builders can make their boats electric in less than two hours. Uh, that's the ultimate uh, goal and the plan. And uh, we've started with tenders, uh, which most people know as dinghies. So these are the generally the little boats that sit on the back of a bigger boat. And they'll take you from your boat to shore or maybe um, to go get groceries, to go visit your neighboring boat. Uh, and these types of boats have a shorter distance that they generally travel. So therefore, the demand uh, and the runtime on the batteries is not as significant as if you were, let's say, going offshore fishing, or for example. Um, that sounds like a, a perfect use case. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so our system is um, low voltage. So it's 48 volts. So it's safe uh, if any water comes into the boat, um, but it's high performance. So it's the highest performing uh, small low voltage system that exists in the world. Uh, so our system is 20 horsepower equivalent. Uh, meaning that you can, the boat gets up onto the plane, you can go 20 knots, uh, you can foil and wakeboard behind it, uh, and there's there's really no other system out there that's performing the way that ours is. That sounds brilliant. Now, New Zealand's got a, a long history when it comes to jets for boats. The Hamilton Jet, uh, you know, very, very famous for Kiwis. And in fact, are they a competitor of yours today? Because they're uh, working to, uh, you know, establish themselves in the EVs of uh, of boating as well. Although I'm not sure if they're doing anything at this level of the sort of tenders or, or, or dinghies. We we don't see them as a competitor. Um, we're friendly with Hamilton Jet, and um, yeah, we've that you know we visited them, and they visited us. You know, we're in very different spaces. And so at the moment, they their largest jet is uh, significantly bigger than even what's on our product roadmap for the next five years. And so that's why you know it's just great to you know in New Zealand in general. I, I think because we're down the bottom corner of the world, companies are generally more wanting to help each other. It's like you know we can help and support each other here to help us both succeed on the international stage. That's so, so good. Yeah. That's so good. 
Fantastic. And um, so going going back to uh, you know the the founding uh, story, how did uh, how did you get started? Yeah, I'll try to give you the the shortened version. Um, but essentially, um, so you know, I'd always been interested, well, since about 15 years ago, interested in entrepreneurship and I dabbled with a few different business ideas. And then um, about 11 years ago, I met my co-founder, uh, Neil, and we were looking for business ideas together. And we came across this product called JetSurf, which is a petrol powered motorized surfboard and uh, found out they cost $20,000 and thought, this is crazy. No one will be able to afford this. Oh, why don't we start a rental center? So we bought a few of these boards and we moved to Perth. In Australia, and opened up the world's uh, first jet surf experience center, and we took out hundreds of customers, taught them how to ride. Um, and it was really fun, and we had a great season. But ultimately, what we just discovered was um, that well, the problems with uh, combustion engines, uh, the pollution that they create, and also like why isn't this electric and cheaper? So um, my partner Neil, being an engineer. Uh, and my background's in, um, I'm a chartered accountant. We kind of like ran the numbers and looked at things and thought, yep, we can do this better. So uh, so we packed up and we moved back to New Zealand uh, and just and put together a team. So Neil used to work at Buckley Systems, um, which is another New Zealand success story. And so he assembled a team of his best uh, engineers uh, as our early team to start working on building. And uh, we spent about three three and a half years, I think, bootstrapping. And we're, uh, we built the world's fastest electric jet board that we are still aware of to this day. Ours went 70 kilometers an hour. 70 is, kilometers an <laughs> hour. That sounds insane. It is really insane. It broke a, it broke a few ribs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, ultimately we got that to a point where we thought we were ready to commercialize it. And then when we went out and started talking to investors, People were just like, wow, how did you get so much power into such a tiny space? You should put that into boats. And it was always a thought that we had had, but hadn't really seriously explored that and uh, decided to go out and start talking to boat builders. And um, after, we, after we started talking to them, it was a pretty clear indication that the timing was right and there was a need for it and people were starting to ask for this. Uh, so we pivoted the business completely uh, about three and a half years ago to focusing solely on electric jet systems and yeah and then everything just snowballed from there that's great now for those that aren't familiar how the um how boat builders sort of operate and and why it makes sense for for you to be selling to boat builders rather than selling your own you know boats walk us through that yeah, great question. And we're the, there was a lot of discussion around, especially in the early days, you know, around doing that, because, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. And I guess how we looked at it is boat builders are really great at building boats. They don't build engines, right? There's four main engine manufacturers that make outboards. So they, they just buy engines and bolt them in, right? They don't want to do R&D and create electric. They just want a simple solution. And the other thing is because there's so many, it's a highly fragmented market. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a few top 10 players of making boats, but then there's many, many, many small players. And so we thought, you know, all of these going, you know, look, looking forward 10, 20 years in the future, they're going to have to make their boats compatible for electric, right? So who's helping them? And, um, and so that's the approach that we took is that we wanted to make it as easy as possible for boat builders to make their boats electric. And you mentioned before two hours to integrate into the the boat so 
walk us through how you've made that so easy. Uh, yeah, we've designed, um, essentially we've designed what we call the wedge. It's a, a platform that is able to be integrated into any type of hull, so fiberglass or aluminium or carbon fiber, uh, and for any hull thickness. So anyone who knows anything about boats is like, it can be very differing types of hull thicknesses. And then on top of that, boat builders generally don't work to very high tolerances, meaning that, um, yeah, they could just be, you know, one side could be a couple of mil thicker than the other side. And so when you're trying to design components into that, um, you can end up with uh, gaps and you obviously don't want water leaking in and stuff. So we've designed a pretty innovative way that this wedge gets built into the boat and therefore um, it makes it really easy to seal, really easy for the boat builders to integrate. It's basically seven modules that are plug and play. Um, so they can just bolt everything in, connect everything up, and then they're good to go. And how hard has it been to build those relationships and, and connections and to get, uh, you know, to get boat builders on board? You know, it was interesting because the first couple of years it was COVID and uh, we couldn't travel, right? So we were still, we were just in New Zealand, but it was, you know, we were early stages and just building and developing the product. And then right when we were sort of ready to go out to market is when the borders opened. And so it was, it was last year in November was actually the first boat show and the first international boat show that we even attended. So that was only in November of last year. Um, but we were fairly fortunate to, to get a couple of boat builders on board um, even before that, before having actually come in and seen our system in person. Uh, and then I think, you know, attending that first show and then our next one in January over in Germany, um, being on that stage with another international boat builder um, gave us that credibility for others to then go, oh, wow, they're working with them. Um, and so it's just kind of been snowballing from there again, because once they see one big company working with you, then the others go, oh, yeah, maybe this is something we should look at. That's great. And what have been the big sort of technological innovations uh, and challenges that you've had to work through? Definitely um, heat. We had a fairly hard requirement at the beginning to stay at this low voltage. So 48 volts is what's considered universally as safe, what they say safe to touch and anything over that is considered high voltage. And we thought, you know, with water and waves coming over into the boat, we need to stay at low voltage. But to build a high performing system at a low voltage means you run very high current and current generates a lot of heat. And so that has been our number one technical challenge is trying to reduce and manage heat. So whether that's through cooling systems uh, or heat exchangers or other designs of software and control systems and things just to manage how the heat is um, distributed or to have cutout points. Um, yeah, we've done quite a lot of work in that area. And ultimately, um, you know, there's been a few limiting factors and one of them actually came down to our motor. Um, and so last year we decided to bring our motor development in-house uh, and we now have a motor which is lighter uh, and more compact than anything else on the market and runs about 70 degrees cooler than the the previous one that we were using um, so we've yeah we've put quite a lot of hours into to developing and overcoming these technical challenges which has yeah put us in a pretty good position yeah that's really exciting and what are, what are the aspects of the um, that the software does uh, for you? Yeah, so it's an area that we're still um, you know working and um, building on. Uh, we've got a sort of like a, a kids mode, um, so obviously families can like program how they the, the kids want to, and then also we have this um, our main control module, which essentially. Um, connects and it is the language that talks between all the aspects of our system. So the motor and the batteries and the um, speed controller. 
and um, and yeah, just building on that, trying to, uh, it's always how long is a piece of string because you want to add all these features, but then you also need to at some point say, this is the functional requirements for us to be able to go to market and get into production. Um, otherwise, we can just develop forever. So we're, we're you're working on a stage approach where we release new features um, yeah, as we as we grow. And how do people interact with with the technology that you've built? You've got to you know you've got to charge it uh, obviously, and you've got to be able to um, you know operate it accordingly. Um, you know, being being a jet, you've got that uh, that that benefit that it can operate you know in in pretty shallow water, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty pretty simple to use. I think like once. You, like we've had kids driving the boat, so you just jump in, turn the throttle on the tiller version. We now also have a, a console version, so you're sitting actually in a seat with a little steering wheel. Um, but yeah, pretty much what you mentioned, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward. You charge it, you drive it, you charge it again. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun, and I think um, that's what a lot of people... There's two things that I think blow people away when they get in the boat. One is, uh, oh, you can have a conversation. It's quiet, like even a little two horsepower, five horsepower, t- 10 horsepower um, combustion engine is so loud. You actually can't really talk to the person as you're motoring, you know, around. Um, with electric, it's like you can, you can hear people out on the water 200 meters away. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other is how much fun it is. It's like you actually jump in the boat and you can like turn on a dime. You can do 360s and that's that's super stable and it's very maneuverable and it's actually just really, really fun to drive. So it's it's no longer just a thing to take you from A to B, but it's actually a bit of a, it can be a bit of a toy as well. That sounds great. Well, I'm going to put my hand up right now and say <laughs> I would, uh, I'd love to try one out when, uh, when the opportunity arises. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, I had a great time on a, uh, on a jet ski actually in, in the South Island um, end of last year. And uh, yeah, it just reminded me how much fun uh, some of this technology can be. Yeah, and I'm also interested in the the longevity of the battery. Obviously, that's where Tendra or Dinghy is is quite a good um, fit here because of of some of those challenges. And I spent some time with with the team at Hamilton Jet uh, recently out on one of their big uh, vessels in uh, in Christchurch, uh, and the you know the electric it was you know hybrid, and uh, you know the electric element was sort of great for you know getting out into the harbour, but, um, you yeah, very, very limited in terms of that, uh, that battery capacity. Um, how does that sort of, you know, play out for, 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 um, you know, for, for your, your technology and, you know, what are those scenarios, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, being able to tow behind the boat with it's, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, wakeboarding or, um, uh, and so on. Um, yeah. How, what sort of sort of run times do you get and so on? Yeah, uh, so it depends on a few factors. So um, firstly, we have two battery options at the moment. So we have a five kilowatt hour, a 10 kilowatt hour. So obviously the latter gets you doubled. Um, and we have two different types of boats that it's in. So one is a flat bottom, it's an uh, it's called offshore cruising tenders. It's a flat bottom, either fiberglass or carbon hull. Um, and because it's flat bottomed, it planes much easier. So it draws less power. Um, and then the other version is in a, in a rigid inflatable, which is a more traditional type of boat that's uh, more V-shaped hull um, with tubes on the side. And so uh, with uh, the small battery pack in the flat bottom boat, um, you're getting pretty close to an, an hour of runtime at, 
at full speed. And if you're just putting around, it's like up to four hours. Wow. Um, That's so amazing. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty decent amount. And then if you jump up to the, yeah, the larger boat, uh, sorry, the, the rigid inflatable boat with a larger battery pack, um, it's, you'll still get close to an hour um, running at full throttle. And yeah, about sort of three to four hours. Um, yeah, if you're just going at slower speeds. But it's also defect affected by tide, uh, the wind, and how many people you have in the boat. Yeah, of course. Um, what can you share about the your your journey from a sort of a fundraising uh, perspective? Uh, that's you know always uh, one of the one of the aspects that uh, that keeps founders uh, founders busy is having to uh, having to get out and. Uh, uh, raise raise funds. You mentioned that uh, that you started at, out on a sort of you know bootstrapped um, basis, you know, with your own um, you know own funds um, from yeah. you know whoever was involved uh, at that stage. Um, but yeah, what have you had to uh, go through in terms of you know fundraising rounds and so on so far? Yeah, it's um, so we closed our seed round for the yeah the new business um, in. It was March of 2020, so like literally as the world was shutting down, and um, yeah, that was it was great, great timing so that we could, um, you know, go slow and be quite careful on how we hired because we didn't know what was the future of the world. Right, um, and what stage were you at in terms of people at that at that point? We literally had zero. Like we closed the round, and we had zero full time employees. Like we hadn't officially hired anybody yet. So, <laughs> so we put like we put. I think we put Neil and one of our other early team members on the payroll at that point. And um, I think I was still working. I still had another job at that point, um, still doing the side, the side hustle thing. So, um, yes. And then it was a, later in the year when I quit my job and yeah, joined, joined the company full time to get paid as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been, I mean, raising capital is yeah, challenging, but I think it's also a really great uh, sense check for the business. It forces you to go through the process of saying, hey, are all my ducks in the row? Am I doing things properly? Because otherwise you just get into the busyness of it and you're just like working on growing your business, but you're not ne necessarily working on the right things or you're not necessarily paying attention to things which do matter. Like, for example, intellectual property um, and budgeting and um, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of different things. So um yeah, I'm very fortunate to have uh, a background and like I worked as a finance manager. So I had already like, you know, very familiar with accounts and like running payroll and setting up business processes and that kind of thing. And I think that translated quite heavily into us building the business. Um, so, yeah, we've we've done quite a few rounds now. Uh, so we had a few convertible notes uh, and then we've closed our Series A last year and we're um, just about to close another round. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's challenging, but it's also, you know, it, it's also a great help and asset for the business, I think, to have that connection of, of investors who can also reach out to their networks and help you with various aspects, whether it's introductions to customers or various resources that might be available. For example, um, you know, we've had a lot of support from Callahan Innovation and NZTE. Uh, and all those sorts of organizations. And quite often it's our investors that are saying, hey, have you heard about this or this particular grant or this opportunity over here? So yeah, although it's it's challenging, it's also, I think, very worthwhile. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm sure there will be some listeners that are very curious and are thinking, oh, this sounds like something I'd be interested in. 
and you know I hope you get a good base of New Zealand buyers as as well as obviously on the on the global stage. But what sort of price are people able to buy a boat with your technology in, incorporated? What's a what would be a a sort of a range to think about at this at this point in time? It's still pretty expensive. I like to compare it to the Roadster of the <laughs> the first Tesla Roadster. It's uh, you know we have a pathway for it to come down in price over time because obviously we want to make it uh, you know mass market and available to more people. But at the moment, it's still fairly expensive. I think the cheapest probably version that you could get would still be over thirty k. Yeah, that's not going to be too scary for for <laughs> everyone. So uh, yeah, that's great. Well, very excited to to follow the zero jet journey, uh, Beck. So we'll we'll look forward to more in the future. Maybe we will, uh, you know, be able to sit down for a more in depth chat a bit further down the track. Anything that might be of interest to our listeners at the moment? Are you recruiting, or where should they go to find out a little bit more if if they're interested? Whether it's on the investment side, or whether it's uh, buying a a boat with your tech incorporated, uh, where should they go? Yeah. Well, zerojet.com is our address. So that has all our current careers posted um, and information about, yeah, purchasing boats. Um, I will just mention that, yeah, as we're about to close a funding round, we will be recruiting um, soon. I guess the big key thing is, you know, we're going into production. So it's it's quite difficult in New Zealand to find, you know, talent that have actually put uh, products into volume production. We're definitely more of a software-focused country or a lot of the hardware we do is often in smaller volumes. So yeah, so that's a particular area probably that would would make a shout out if you know anyone that's done sort of higher volume production. Um, But we will be recruiting for yeah a variety of roles um, as we move forward into the later half of this year. So the easiest way is yeah, just to visit our website and there's all the contact details and things on there. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated having you on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. And as I say, we'll be looking forward to uh, following your journey and uh, and what comes next. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks very much for having me. Okay, thanks, Bex. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this uh, special episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I uh, hope you really enjoyed hearing there from Bex Rempel and, and learning a little bit about ZeroJet. Of course, we've got a bunch more episodes uh, talking to the winners of the NZ High Tech Awards uh, for 2023. Uh, so make sure that you tune in to those. And if you haven't been listening to the New Zealand Business Podcast, now's the time to start uh, because you will find across their interviews uh, with a whole range of uh, founders, uh, quite a number of which are from the tech sector, uh, including with uh, award winners from this year with Tend co-founders Cecilia and James Robinson. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us. And of course, thank you to our show partners, Gorilla Technology, HP, Spark, Two Degrees, and One NZ. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.